podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Rapid voice! This podcast is brought to you in part by our friends at Charlie Hustle Clothing Company. Charlie Hustle is a vintage-inspired clothing company based out of Kansas City that specializes in collegiate and hometown apparel. Charlie Hustle wants you to be the best-dressed fan this season, so be sure to check out their wide selection of officially licensed collegiate apparel today and show off your school spirit all season long. With over 30 schools to choose from, they've got you covered with all your collegiate apparel needs. Shop today at www.charliehustle.com. Charlie Hustle, vintage made fresh. This podcast is brought to you in part by Modern Appalachian Kitchen, a small, Local Morgantown business is giving WVU fans and Morgantown something to talk about. This local candy kitchen is home to the Marshmallow Couch. That's right. Now you can relive the infamous WVU winning celebration with a couch that you can eat instead of catching on fire in the middle of the street. Order your Marshmallow Couch and other sweet treats at ModernAppalachianKitchen.com. This is Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I also hate Pitt, joined by my brother, Jeremy, Jer- Jeremy, I was going to say Jeremy J.N. Fiend Phoenix, but you know what? It's just too much. It's Jay Fiend. You know who it is. You know who I be. And yes, Brandon, you're going to get into the Penn State game. Our hopes and our dreams every year starts out so great and wonderful and amazing, and we can't wait for it, and there's hope. That's the greatest thing about the very first week of the season, because every year, You have this hope that, well, maybe, uh, possibly, have you seen our O-line? Oh, Neil Brown, he's coaching for his job. We're going to see some spectacular things. As Lee Corso says, not so fast, my friend. What did you see from game one? What did you see from Penn State? I'm I'm asking from your perspective because I was at the game. I saw it live. I've not rewatched it. What did it look like on TV? How were you feeling? Well, let me say this first. We are the Raspy Voice Kids. You are now tuned into the Raspy Voice Kids podcast. And Jeremy, you're right. We do start the season with optimism. We do start the season with expectations. We do start the season with hope. And ever since Neil Brown has come to town, that ends pretty quickly. What I saw was what I've been seeing since Neil Brown started as our head coach. I saw a lack of imagination on offense. And I saw a lack of talent on defense. I saw some bright spots in places at moments, but nothing to put together a team that we can be proud of. I didn't see anything that will make me believe we can be more than five and seven or six and six as you and I predicted. Yeah, that's what I saw. And you knew what it was going to be after the game. You knew exactly what it was going to be. You didn't have to write the script, but you could have. Uh, these guys, you know, they play really well. And, you know, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not discouraged by the way we played. I'm not sure what exactly he said. I listened to it. I, I And it, Brandon, honestly, like listening to him, it honestly just made me mad the whole time. It made me mad the whole time. There's always excuses. There's always reasons. And I know he's not trying to point for excuses or reasons, but you are playing for your power five head coaching position. You're coaching for that. 
if ever we were going to be, you know, outside, you know, looking, I mean, like just thinking outside the box, it would have been this game. I expected something more. You take over the realms, you take over the reins again, you have a good running uh, uh, quarterback, you have a good offensive line, you have great running backs. Why did it look so vanilla again? And I know, I know people are going to say, well, don't forget they're playing nine NFL players, maybe on defense. I'm not saying they didn't have a good defense. I'm saying I feel like we weren't creative. That fourth down where Nico comes in, Nico hasn't played all game. And yet you bring him in on fourth down to run some, I don't know what it was and I don't know what you saw, but Penn State saw what I saw. And that was a wide open quarterback to take down. It's just the same thing over and over again. And look, I understand afterwards coaches say, hey, the sun will rise. Hey, the sky's not falling. And for coaches, yes, you have to be that way. Fortunately for us, Brandon, we are not coaches. We are fans. And I don't have to view it like that. And I'm not. I'm not overly mad. But this is exactly what we should have expected. This is exactly what we've been getting every year we start off with a loss, except for the COVID year where we played some chump. Every year we start in the whole 0-1. And every year we all talk about why we should be optimistic because of what we saw in a loss. And I just, I just want to win, and that's not happening. And then on top of that, add in the fact of, here, there's a lot of people who talk about the Penn State fans. I'll be honest, I had a great time with Penn State fans. They were very nice in Happy Valley, very hospitable, partly because they knew there was nothing to worry about. They knew their team was going to go, come in and handle business. But on the flip side, I mean, they, they were just very, very nice. What wasn't nice, Brandon, and another reason why now I do hate Penn State, I actually have two new reasons to hate Penn State. Number one, Brandon. They charge us $100 to park. $100. It felt like a mile away. We're on a hillside. Cow pastures. Literally, you can smell cow manure in the stadium when the breeze blew. And you charged me $100? And I was like, last time I was here, I believe it was $25. She said, yeah, yeah, this weekend, it's, it's $100. $100 a pop? If that's not highway robbery, I don't know what is. For $100, you should have helicoptered me from where I was into the stadium. I should have skipped all the traffic. That's one reason. The second reason why I also hate Penn State, and look, people, I've had people DM me saying, hey, look, you, if you don't say this, you need, you, know, you need to get on these people whenever you're on the podcast. Look, I've, my energy has to go towards our pathetic offense and Neil Brown being who Neil Brown is. Nice guy, not who I want as head coach. But if we're going to talk about something else, don't tell me these coaches don't pay attention to Vegas. That last touching was classlessness, and I'm not getting too much on it because, look, we should have stopped him. But, Brandon, if you, they knew what the spread was. That last touchdown was purely to cover the spread. No, it wasn't. Ridiculous. No, it wasn't. Ridiculous. Yes, it, it was. was. It, was not purely, it was not purely to cover the spread, Jeremy. You're forgetting about the over-under because he also made sure they went over. No, that's what I'm saying. Don't tell Two-fold. me that. Two-fold gambling, don't clearly. Talk, don't talk about class, the class of the Big Ten. Penn State, that was extremely classless. Now, what I will say is, had my coach did that to you, I'd be extremely proud and pumped up, and I would rub it in your face. And I do think that was classless, and I do not like James Franklin, and that does bother me. But you know what bothers me more, Brandon? Neil Brown's Score reaction. 14. Oh. Scoring 14 points in the game. We scored 15, buddy. 15. Oh, oh, excuse me. Oh, oh, oh. And the nerve, the audacity. 
I, I don't, Brandon, to do ring around a Rosie like the Kansas City Chiefs, you are not the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't know what you're trying to accomplish. You wanted the two-point conversion. But to, to tell me you spent time on a two-point conversion but didn't spend time on a fourth down play? Stop it, Brandon. When I saw that, especially when the game is over, that's just embarrassing. That's embarrassing. Well, it's like RC said. One of the problems with that two-point conversion is now they have you put on film a play that could be useful to you in a game when there was no chance of you winning. You wasted it. You wasted it. Why? And my question, too, is when we talk about conservativeness, Garrett Green's not getting it done. Is that on Garrett Green? I don't. I honestly like. I I watched from the sideline, so I couldn't yeah, see all yeah, the passes. Yeah, it's on Garrett Green, Jeremy. Garrett Green's not were, him. Were, were were the people wide open? Were yeah, the players... people were open on that, especially on that one fourth down play. Yes, guys were open. So Garrett why Green's aren't we people. trying Nico? Why do we just go with one quarterback? Why does Nico? Not, if it was such a battle in, in spring practice, why does he come in? Why didn't we see Rodney Gallagher? Except for on the very Jeremy, last play of the game. I told you Rodney Gallagher was not being talked up in camp as much as Traylon Ray. Traylon Ray did get some burn. Traylon Ray did get to play. Traylon Ray was the guy they were talking about more than Rodney Gallagher throughout fall camp. And he did get to play. That's why I told you you were, you were living a pipe dream thinking that Rodney Gallagher was going to go out and score a touchdown in that first game. Well, I thought maybe they had something up their sleeve, but no, they, play, they, they don't play close to the vest, uh, except for they act like we're really good when, I mean, Brandon, 15 points, and I know we're playing a good defense, and I know next week we're going to score 63 under Kane, and people are going to say, see, look, bring on Pitt. We just played a good defense at Penn State. Well, that, you brings know what? To, that brings me to my next. Go ahead. You know what? What? No. Didn't. This sounds eerily familiar. I feel like we do this show every single year after the first game. Every single year. And you know why you can do the same thing every year? Because every single year the same thing happens. Oh, I still have hope. I woke up and I thought about some of the good things that we did. Yeah, yeah. Did you think we were going to lose to uh, Kansas right after we played such a great game against Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh, a rivalry game, the first game of the season? And yet we're here now. So don't like, I I loved your tweet. Your tweet was 1000% spot on. Tell them what the tweet was, Brandon. Oh, hold on. Let me read it because I don't remember exactly how I worded it, but I know what you're talking about. Um... I know what you're talking about, and there were lots of people who seemed to it seemed to resonate with. Um, and I meant it when I said it. I 100% meant it. I wasn't just saying it. I wasn't trying to make a point. Um, I just was feeling it in my heart, so I said it. Ah, oh, where is it now? I was about to say I could have just said it by now, but you know what I said. Yeah, you said something about um, I don't take I don't believe in more victories because every game is is its own. Yeah, exactly. They don't They're, correlate. They exactly. don't necessarily correlate. And what I meant by that is you play when we play Penn State in that kind of an atmosphere, everybody's up for that game. It's the first game of the season. Everyone's raring to go. You're playing the number seven team in the nation in Happy Valley with hundred and ten thousand people there. Everyone knows what's at stake, what could be part of your legacy. Everyone is up. Everyone is prepared. No one is confused. You also probably have the least amount of injuries you're going to have all season at that juncture. So to say that you're going to play with the same intensity, the same emotion for the rest of the season is not fair. 
Just like it wasn't fair to think that going into the backyard brawl was going to be the same as going into can- going against Kansas the next week. It doesn't mean it's, the, it's not the same. Each game is its own. It's got its own obstacles. It's got its own advantages. It's got its own issues. Every week is different. So when we play Duquesne, it's not going to be the same as playing Penn State. There might be more sloppiness because there's going to be less focus, but the game should be easier and the win should be a lot more obvious. And there should be players like Rodney Gallagher playing a lot more frequently. I will tell you this, Jeremy. You said that we, we have this same show every year. I don't, I'm not as upset as you are, and I know you're not even as upset as you have been in the past. Yeah, I'm, I'm really not, 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 not surprised. No, I'm nowhere near as upset as I was last year after the pit game. Nowhere near. It's not, it's not even close. Um, I felt like that I felt like there were lots of things that were cleaned up. Neil did not waste a timeout this year like he normally does. Brandon, not, when we're when we're going that deep, there's a problem. Year five, we're being happy that he didn't waste a timeout. I'm sorry. I'm yeah, but sorry. You're saying it, what you're saying. Your, your response just now is as if I'm defending Neil Brown. I'm not defending Neil Brown. I'm just saying I do see progress. Not enough progress. Not good enough. My tweets, I feel like, speak for themselves. It's not good enough. Neil is not good enough. I said it after the pit game last year. I was done with Neil Brown after he didn't go for it on fourth down because it showed me who he was. And he's not good enough for WVU. That said... There were spots, there were things that made me excited, not excited, that made me feel like this team is more competent than what I expected. No penalty, very few penalties, no turnovers, not wasting a timeout. We didn't have, uh, we didn't have very many important penalties. We had one procedure penalty that was a big deal, but there weren't backbreakers like we usually have in critical situations under Neil Brown. Another thing, Jeremy, that gives me excitement or hope for the future, do you know what it is? I, I have no clue what you're going to say, but I'm already rolling my eyes, but go ahead. The Big 12 does not look that tough. Oh, my goodness. Now, that, now that is a good point. I, I forgot about that. Oh, my goodness. So when I said we were going five and seven, one of those losses was to Baylor. Baylor lost to Texas State. Brandon, now, now stop it. Now, here's the thing. I saw the same thing as you. I saw Texas Tech lose in double overtime i didn't see that i saw the scores afterwards they lost you saw texas tech lose to wyoming brandon texas state was one of the worst teams <laughs> in d1 football i know it's not called d1 football yeah but y'all old heads F- know what i'm F- talking about yes fbs fbs brandon the reason why those games get on my nerve so much is the fact that when we play them, I, I know what you're going to say. That is not what it's going to be like. <laughs> Baylor is going to be the most in the trenches dogs you've ever seen in your life. Texas Tech is going to bring in a fourth string quarterback who's electric that we can't stop from running or passing. Like that's what makes me mad. Like if if teams are just good and would go on runs, all right, great. Or just terrible, great, easy win. They're never easy when they play us, Brandon. Ever. I'm not saying they're easy. I'm just saying they're games I think WVU can win now. Winnable. Yeah, winnable. And there were games that I wasn't sure. You know, Joey McGuire has our, has our number. Even Houston, they beat UTSA, but they barely beat UTSA. And Houston's not supposed to be good. UTSA wasn't supposed to be great. But I just look at these games and I think these are now I expected us to beat Houston. I expect us to beat Dana Holgerson, even though it's on the road and even though it is early. Um, 
but we will see. I am not so upset that we didn't have ne- I'm not so upset that Nico didn't play as much. I kind of somebody floated a theory to me, a former player actually floated a theory to me. He messaged me and he and he wondered out loud if Neil Brown's not letting Garrett Green play and kind of not play well in order to soften the blow when Nico becomes the starting quarterback. No, I that, that might be the the maybe that's what he's doing. But if that's the case, that's really dumb. You're in your five. You got to win. But Jeremy, was he going to win against Penn State regardless of who started? No, because he's still the offensive coordinator. Good point. Good point. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. That the offense. I just don't. I don't think he was going to beat Penn State. I don't think if Pat White was the quarterback, we were beating Penn State. Brandon, but we had to have something more imaginative. Imaginative. He said in the Big 12 media, we have to become more explosive. That was the big deal. Now, I understand you have great corners on the other side of the ball, but you have a whole summer to come up with something. And we come up with nothing? We came up with nothing. And and if you want to talk about the receivers, whose fault is that? You're five years in. Why aren't you you getting the receivers? Why don't we have anything? I mean, we do have great offensive line, good running backs. I'm just, we have a fantastic offensive line. That is something really I was do. thoroughly impressed with. Those guys played against a very strong defensive line in Penn State, and they looked the part. They actually lived up to the billing. You know who else lived up to the billing? C.J. Donaldson. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I thought you were going to say. I was. I thought you were going to say Lee because Lee was bad too. That's Lee Koba had ten tackles. He lived up to his billing as well. The dude may be undersized, as you always say. But he finds a way to stick his nose in there and make a play. Did CJ An- did CJ Donaldson look that much better than Jalen Anderson on TV? Yes, because I thought they both looked really good. No, Jalen Anderson did not. Jalen Anderson looked too light in the pants to be playing against Penn State to me. Okay, okay. Jalen Anderson didn't look terrible or anything. He just doesn't look as good as CJ Donaldson. CJ Donaldson should have had thirty touches against Penn State. He's just he's got a knack for finding creases. He falls forward. He, he, CJ Donaldson is the guy and it's not close and those other guys might be good and you're worried about them transferring, but they're, and Justin Johnson looked pretty good too. Brandon, I was also saw at the end of the game, when the game ended, saw like 10 Penn state players around CJ Donaldson. And, uh, all I could think was them saying, told you should have came here. <laughs> told you you should have came here. <laughs> Boy, I tried to tell you, look, it's not too late, man. It's not too late. It's not too late. But, but I, you know, so that's the other thing. And, and, by the oh, way, and, and, and by the way, everybody who's upset with Chris Henry Jr. deciding to go to Ohio State, because I feel like you and CT Money might be alone on this. Man, I just, I, I he, you know, his father went to, to WVU. Uh, Pac-Man, his adopted father, went to WVU. And I just felt like maybe... And then after the game, which we should have already known. Look, look, my fandom got in the way. It gets in the way of your heart. And but the truth is, why would you even consider it? Why would it? It wouldn't even be a thought. I would. I would have com- uh, committed as a junior in elementary school <laughs> to Ohio State, <laughs> even though that that is a whole other thing because they need to get rid of Ryan Day. Ryan Day needs to go. Yeah, but if you're playing, if you're thinking about who his position coach is, his position coach is is arguably the best in the nation at developing wide receivers right now. So he'll be, I wonder if he'll be available next year. Maybe, but all I'm saying is if you got a coach that good and you know, he's developing your position, who cares? Not who cares, but you're just thinking about national championships. 
Chris Henry Jr. is thinking about going to the league. Yeah. And making sure his progress does not stop in college. So, you know, you're looking at position coaches there, too. And and his guy is the man right now. But I wanted to say the defensive line did not impress me. The defensive line, to me, got gashed a bit. And the linebackers were making tackles downhill. Maybe Some of that might have been positioning, being out of position. But I think a lot of it had to do with the defensive line not doing well against the run. That was just my perspective. I have but not. But in the first d- half, I, in the first half, I, you I, only I, give up 14 points. Yeah. First half, you only give up 14 points. I think it's, you know. Part of, that, part of that is the mercy of the clock, the running clock. True. True. And I haven't, I like I haven't dived. I haven't dived into it. I didn't go back and rewatch the game real closely to see. I'm just telling you what my first impression was watching it, and I could be wrong, but that was just my first impression. Yeah. And Aubrey Burks got toasted a lot. Brandon, what happened? I see. I saw. I saw it live in the stadium. But you know, I say the stadium certain angles. What? What? That first touchdown was just like it felt like a busted play. Like, what? What happened? It was one what on one. It was one on one. He went to knock the ball down instead of playing to make the tackle and got beat. And the ball was way behind him too. No, the man it? had to do. I thought the receiver had to like stop and turn around. No, no, nope, nope. That ball was <laughs> no. That ball was on time. Drew Alar is the man. I didn't move, and I was proud of myself. I didn't say anything bad. I didn't move. Everybody else was going crazy. I just sat in my seat, on my seat, and looked forward. I'm le- I'm growing, Brandon. I'm maturing. <laughs> yeah. I'm maturing. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I want to know the truth. Are you glad you went? Absolutely. Okay, um, good. The, the game itself was fun, but the crowd was fun. The tailgating was fun. Night before was fun. Like, the whole weekend was fun. Even the game, like, because I wasn't surprised. I wasn't shocked. But, but even the, I mean, like, all right, their mascot is wiggity, 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 whack. We've said it before, but some of the chants they do, how loud it gets, the student section, the little things they do. It was fun. It was a fun game, except for the losing part. <laughs> That's why I said, I said, this weekend was so much fun. Can you imagine what kind of weekend we would have had if we would have actually won the game? Yeah. But that's life of a mountaineer. Every single year, nothing changes. I, I'm curious to see if we throw the ball downfield against Duquesne. Because we didn't really try very often to throw the ball downfield against Penn State. And I don't know how much of that is because of what Penn State was doing and how much of that was just because of the lack of imagination of Neil Brown. Um, did you see that tweet? The the message I sent about Neil, Br- Neil Brown is uh, is a plague of mediocrity. No, I didn't see that. That was uh, grandfather sent me that text. Neil Brown is a plague of mediocrity. He is. And so I'm curious, will we see us trying to develop an offense, a passing attack against Duquesne? The other thing that one former player messaged me. And by um, the way, back back off the mic just a little bit. Oh, sorry. No, you're good. You're good. Another thing that a former player messaged me. Um about Garrett Green was that Garrett Green is just not the guy. And what he said about him not being the guy was that we're better off running an offense like Navy runs if Garrett Green is going to be the starter. He's like, we might I, as well we might as well run that triple option with like Navy did with the amount of running backs we have, with the kind I, of I, offensive line we have, and with the mobility I, of Garrett Green. I didn't see a whole lot of different schemes to get the ball to our running backs. 
It was the same old slash in front. You know what I mean? Uh, read option. I didn't see a whole lot of cre- creativity. Oh, what about that it, zone? The zone blocking that you were in love with. Yeah, yeah. I forgot, Brandon. I forgot Neil Brown was being the offensive coordinator again. I really did. Like I did, but I forgot how much it would matter. So I'm remembering last year our offense coordinator, who who had a little more, um, who did a little bit more. I mean, think about it. Even last year in, in the pick game, we scored 31 points. And granted, that's not the same defense that we played yesterday. I'm just saying, I forgot how ultra conservative and non creative Neil Brown really is. I I I. Well, let's give him his props for going for it on fourth down, though, because we bullied him into that. No, no, give him his props. 38 to 15. I ain't giving nobody the props. His props come in his millions of dollars that he's getting no matter what. Can't get fired. All that money going in his pocket. So he can feel as bad as he wants. But all the millions of dollars that are pouring into his pocket that ain't going nowhere, Brandon. Nowhere. He's got it. It's on lock. That should make him feel better, okay? That can make him good. That's credit he'll get. By the way, you know he doesn't feel bad at all. Have you listened so? to his? Do you listen to his press conference? The man is defiant, Jeremy. He is defiant. I, I tweeted that he's real feisty. He was real feisty in his post game presser, and I'm curious how he's going to be in his post game presser after the Duquesne win, because we all know we're going to win against Duquesne. So I'm curious if he'll be gloating and braggadocious, or you know, kind of arrogant if we beat Duquesne the way that we should beat Duquesne, because right now he's just really to me, feisty and defiant. And it was almost like he was acknowledging that, yeah, we were 20 and a half point dogs. We were supposed to lose to Penn State. So I'm not surprised that we lost. And I'm really not that upset that we lost. Yeah, I just, he's not it. Talk about not it. He's not him. And and we've known that for a while, but it's, it's, and the worst part is, thanks to Shane Lyons, and I'm sorry, not just Shane Lyons, I understand everybody, there was more than just him who made the decision, but Whoever, how in the world did this guy get an extension? That's just the bottom line. You talk about bad decisions and paying one and you got to pay the other, which I understand a whole new, you know, Ren Baker's new here, but that's a big, big miss. How many years, you talk about a quarterback setting you back years. How many years does a bad coach set you back? Oh, in college football? At a, at a mid, mid FBS program like WVU is, a middle of the, pack as far as yeah. finances Ren Baker went over our finances if you haven't listened to the Ren Baker interview please go back and listen he talked about what it means to be in the financial situation that WVU is that WVU is in it's a huge huge hit that it, it's a it's a it's an anchor tying you down when you Absolutely. owe Neil Brown the kind of money you owe Neil Brown and can't get out of it can I get out of it? I mean, all you can do is hope for a scandal, some secret scandal that's going to pop up where you can fire him for cause. That's the only thing you can hope for. That's right. If you care about WVU I mean, football. I don't, I don't wish on anybody. Never mind. Nope. Never mind. Never mind. Back it on. Back it on. Back, back it on. Back. Back it on. Back. I'll just say if there was a way that we could get out of this, that'd be nice. But we'll see. You know, we'll see. Jeremy, can you think of anything else you want to talk about? Um, no, I mean, we could throw in the fact that a lot of people, uh, are going to hate on my next statement, but, uh, what you going to say about prime now? That's what, what I want to talk about. What you going to say about prime now? 
That's what I wanted to talk about. I saw somebody, Kuz. Um, I like Kuz, Justin Kuz Walker. Shout out to Kuz and his show. I like Kuz a lot, but Kuz was like, can we, he's like, why are we making such a big deal? TCU's not the same team as last year. Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, are you kidding me? Neil Brown would kill somebody to go on the road against number 17 in his first year, a rebuilding year. After completely decimating and rebuilding an entire roster and win. A roster that went one in eleven last year. Don't 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 miss that. It wasn't like they were nine and three last no, year. But you, but no, but you but no, but the reason I say I, the reason I didn't mention that is because you completely rebuilt the roster. You got rid of all with, those guys and brought other people in. With a lot of kids who never played D one football in their life. No, that's not true, Jeremy. Go look at the kids. Shador Sanders, in. Travis Hunter. All those big names, you see the running back who was a true freshman running back who had 200 something. True freshman, he's never played D1 football. You played a bunch of kids for the first time ever. You mean FBS. You know, everybody knows what I'm talking about. FBS no, they don't because it's a very different thing. Okay, big boy football. And you go out there and get the win? On the road. That, that was big. Against a team who was in the national championship last year. Okay, let's take that away. They're ranked number 17. Okay, let's take that away. They're a power five football team in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And it wasn't a coin flip game. Colorado was 20 and a half point underdogs just like we were. But they covered and won. Yeah, period. I don't want to hear it. Like, I'm not, and you think, so what you're telling me is you think Colorado's not going to be ready to play and beat Nebraska's stank self? Beat the brakes. Off Nebraska. So that's 2-0 and right there. That's 2-0 and right there. Like, I'm not trying to get ahead of myself, and I'm certainly not calling them a playoff team. I'm not saying that at all. Right, their over-under was, was like three wins for this year. Vegas had them at three wins this year. That's what I'm saying. I did not think that – I thought they would do better than three wins, but I expected them to go like five or six wins this year. They've got a and good shot way, at doing better than that. And yell it from the ceilings, give Travis Hunter the Heisman. Make sure he gets oh, to New York. Travis Hunter over Shador Sanders, who who broke the record for Colorado. Yes. yes. Yeah, yes. Who missed three passes or, or so many. Uh, yeah, all three of them were deep passes. Travis Hunter, which he was open. He also hit Travis Hunter in stride with a perfect pass that Travis Hunter dropped while we're throwing that out stuff. he had to die for it. I mean, he should have caught it. He should have caught it. It was his easy catch. He should have caught it. I, Jeremy, come on. Don't, don't try to run down Travis Shador Hunter, Sanders. Right. Don't try to run down Shador Travis Sanders had 11 prop catches Travis Hunter up. Over- Travis Hunter had 11 catches, over 11 catches, over 100 yards receiving, and a pickoff. That was, Brady, did you see that interception? Have you seen that interception? Go look at it. That's, that's all yeah. him. That's all him. Locking a man down. Played 61 no, snaps. I'm not saying that. In the first half. First person to have an interception and all them catches since 2002. And I believe it was probably Terrence Newman who played both sides of the ball too. But not as much as... Uh, Travis Hunter did. Don't forget, he was a number one overall player two years ago coming out of high school. Yeah, he's dope. There's no question about it. He's dope. I just was saying Shador Sanders is dope too. And the other thing I'm going to hate is people are going to call Shador Sanders a dual threat and Shador Sanders is not a dual threat quarterback. not. I understand he had a lot of throwing yards. Offense coordinating wise, there were people wide open and he hit those guys. He's not a fluid, natural passer. He, he kind of reminds me of Jalen Hurts a little bit back there. Now, Jalen Hurts shows you can refine yourself, despite what I used to believe. He, but he, I, like you said, he's not a pure dual, dual threat. 
No, I mean he can't run that well. He does have dual threat receivers though. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't I meant he doesn't run that well is what I meant. He's a pocket passer. He's not a running quarterback. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, good good call. He really doesn't, which is surprising. Deion Sanders' son doesn't run very well. I was surprised yeah. by his lack of mobility. That's my thing. Is it, it's like when people would call Gino a dual threat. It was like Gino can run, but he does but he doesn't, but um and yeah, so anyway, good day for college football, except for us losing. And uh, we'll be back. The Raspy Voice Kids will be back. We got more to talk about, like always. Pop culture will return very soon. So keep your eyes and ears out for that. Appreciate all the love you guys have shown. And as always, get at your boys. Podcast Network.